0: If you're online with us, we're going to get started at about 7.30, but please join us for our Bible trivia. You can play along at faithlife.com backslash LCCIMD. Enjoy this music.
1: I need you to confess it. Miracles
2: are happening
1: here. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Somebody is in need of a breakthrough. You're listening to this CD. You're driving in your car. And you're waiting on God to do something for you. But you got to prophesy over your own self. Somebody say, breakthrough, take it up.
2: A return of-
0: hallelujah hallelujah as we begin our midweek Bible study I encourage you to grab somebody share with somebody share this with somebody on your page amen share this with somebody on your page as we begin our midweek Bible study it's an awesome time to be in the presence of the Lord we're going to open up with a word of prayer I promise you we're going to get straight into some word I do want you to uh Once again, share this on your page. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Periscope, share it with somebody. If you're on our website, share it with somebody. Uh, Share somebody, text it out to somebody. Um, We're just going to have an awesome time in the Word tonight. I'm excited about this Word. I'm excited about what God is getting ready to do uh, with us on tonight. Welcome to Liberty Christian Church International in our weekend in our midweek Bible study. Once again, we got an awesome word in store for you on this evening. So I'm just ready to get started and ready to get uh, and get into the get into some word, amen. So if all hearts and minds are prepared and uh, for the word, please bow your heads wherever you may be. If you're driving, don't bow your heads, but just focus on the Lord for a minute. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for this time, God. We thank you for this moment where we get to enjoy learning your word. We know scripture teaches us to study to show ourselves approved to workmen who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of God. The Word of God is practical for our lives, God, so we just thank you for your living Word. The Word never never dies. It's, it's always living in our lives, God, and it can help us improve our lives. It can help us draw closer to you. It helps develop our relationship with you, O oh God, so there is a need for us to study your Word, God. So wherever we are on this evening, God, we thank you for bringing us through dangers seen and unseen, God. We thank you for bringing us to the place where we are at this moment. Some may be at home. Some may be on their way home. Some may be with their kids, and some still may be at work. O oh God, but God, you have provided a hedge of protection around us. O oh God, even in the midst of all that we're going through, in the midst of all that we're experiencing right now, God, you are an all-knowing God, an all-powerful God, and you are an all-present God. So we thank you, God, for all that you've done and for all that you're doing. We ask you right now, God, to forgive us of our sins. We repent of our sins and the sins of our deed, actions, and thoughts, O God, sins against your will, your purpose, and your plan, God. Now hide us all, God, behind your cross, God, so that uh, there is no visibility of who we are, but we're hiding behind your shield, your protection, your joy, your love, and your peace, O God. Now, God, give me the words to speak to your people. Give me the mindset of you, O God, for we know your ways are not our ways, and your thoughts are not our thoughts, O God. God, allow this word to be relevant in the lives of your people. Allow it to cause change into the lives of your people. Allow it to cause deliverance for those who need deliverance, God. God, as we study, God, we do it not for form, fashion, or show, but we do it as unto the Lord. Now, God, I thank you, God. Now, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You, Lord, are my strength and my redeemer. It is in your precious son, Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles, your cell phones, your notepads, whatever you may have, but lift up your Bibles real quick. We're going to make our Bible a decoration, and we're going to get into some word on this evening. And repeat after me, Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer, and my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord, and as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Go ahead and get your family members in to join you in real quick. I, I, I do want you to share this on your page, and if uh if at all possible i need somebody that's going to type out some scriptures for me um we're going to usually i like to bounce around in a systematic way to talk about scripture and talk about a certain topic, and on this evening, uh, we're going to focus on one set of scriptures on this evening, and we're going to talk about how we see ourselves, how we see, how we view, how we think of ourselves, and if you have your Bibles, you can open up your Bibles. It's a very uh, familiar scripture, very familiar text, but I think that it can give us some insight into this place that we are right now. If you open up your Bibles to Jeremiah, the first chapter, looking at the four, through the 10th verse. Just a quick backdrop. If you all have not been familiar with Jeremiah, Jeremiah was one of the young prophets of God. He was a major prophet in the Bible in terms of the volume that God spoke to him or the volume that was recorded in the word of God. The volume that uh, that, that was uh, displayed in the text and in the writing, it's so major and it's so profound. We get a lot of our uh, sayings and things from, Jer- from the book of Jeremiah. Um, he deals with uh, the identity of the young prophet Jeremiah, and he deals with other things going on, and we're going to deal with some stuff on this evening. Amen? And I want you to look at this scripture, and this scripture uh, on this evening, um, once, I get, once again, it's going to pertain to how we see ourselves, how we see ourselves. I'm going to take my time going through this. I really want to teach this, um, so bear with me on this evening. And if you have your Bibles, once again, The word of the Lord says this, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, which should be on your screen as well, and it says this, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, alas, Lord, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth,' because everywhere I sing you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Verse number eight says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And once again, I'm going to read that once again. Hold on. Uh, Sorry about that. I forgot to. Verse number nine said, the Lord stretched out his hands and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth mouth. And verse number 10 says, see, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant, to build and to plant. So now we're in a place and we're going to discuss and talking about once again, how do I see, how do we see ourselves? How do we see ourselves? At some point in our lives, we have to accept a simple truth, and the simple truth is this. How we view ourselves directly impacts how much we accept and yield to God's will for our life. How we, ex- how we view ourselves has a direct correlation, has a direct understanding, has a direct placement of how We see ourselves, how we see ourselves, how we view ourselves, how we go about our daily life, uh, what we think about ourselves, how much success we have uh, depends on a lot of how we see ourselves, even down to what we perceive as excellence is determined by how we view ourselves, so much so it impacts how we present our image to others in our lives. Um, If you see yourself as successful, if you see yourself as as, uh, a person who's on the go, a go-getter, you're gonna present yourself as a go-getter. You're always going to be chasing after your dreams, after your hopes, after your visions, after all of these things. You're always going to be in a mindset that I'm a go-getter. Nothing is going to stop me. Nothing is going to slow me down. Nothing is going to hold me back. I'm going after what I want. But then there are also those of us who, or those in, in the world who also feel less than themselves. They feel like that they're not worthy. They feel like that they're, they've not been successful or things have happened in their life and they've gotten to a mindset where it feels like I'm never going to get ahead. I'm never going to uh, advance. I've, I grew up in this type of home. I grew up with these type of people. This type of situation made me this type of person, and there's no hope for me. So how we see ourselves uh, determines how much of, how much, what we see as excellent in our lives. Um, for some, if you feel like you may be more inclined to be great at sports than you are at studying, you will look at your study skills as a diminished role as opposed to your sports skills. Your sports skills will make you feel excellent if you're great at football, if you're great at basketball, that's what you're gonna focus on. If you're great at science, if you're great at studying, if you're great at communicating, that's what you're gonna focus on, and that's what you're going to deem excellent in your life. So now, when we come to a place where we're seeing and dealing with others, this is what we try to put at the forefront, what we deem as excellent in our lives, what we deem as the bright spot for ourselves. How we deem about ourselves is what we put on display for everybody else. If you're, uh, and a lot of times when you're dealing with that and when you're in the midst of that, we often forget what God said about us. That's why we're in the book of Jeremiah on this evening, because how God sees us truly varies a lot than the way that we see ourselves how God sees us and what God requires from us a lot of times contradicts what we think about ourselves where we think we're capable of what we think we can do and what we can accomplish in life so now we have to deal with why do we see ourselves in this light why do we see ourselves from this uh from this perspective and some of the things that we think and we see about ourself uh, are broken down to certain things. And one of these things is that we have low self-worth and poor self-perception, And but we got to realize that it is not condoned by God. That, that poor, poor self-perception, that feeling that woe is me. How many people have ever had that experience, that woe is me? I'm 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 never gonna make it. I'm never gonna amount to anything. Woe is me. I've I've been through the, the ringer, I've been through this, I've been through that, and there is no uh bright spot in my future. But do you understand that God does not condone you to live with a self, a poor self perception of yourself? He didn't call you into that, and we're gonna look at scripture and see what what scripture talks about. Not only that. Low self-worth and poor self-perception seriously hinders one's progress in life. If I don't feel good about myself, I will never strive to be anything with my life. If I don't feel like I'm capable of success, if I don't feel like I'm capable of happiness, I'll never strive for happiness, if I don't seem like, if it doesn't seem like I'm, uh, I'm excelling or I'm going to excel, then I'll never push myself to strive to reach for the stars. I'll sit here with a mundane attitude. I'll sit here with a, a, a woe is me mentality, and I'll stay right here in these four walls that comfort me, in this mindset and in this, uh, 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 this, this purview that this is all that I'm capable of. And I will never believe what God has to say about me because life has taught me that it's not worth trying. Life has taught me that it's not worth stepping out. My my situation and my environment have taught me that I should not strive to be something else in my life. So now, if I'm living with low self-worth, I'll never be that doctor that I dreamed about being when I was a child. I'll never be that lawyer that I dreamed about when I was little, when I was... uh, I never... Dream to be. I'll never try to be that hairdresser that I wanted to be when I was when when the, when you were a little girl and you were playing with your doll babies and you said I want to do this. I want to create that and I want to do this. I'll never strive to be that because of my self worth. How many? What? Uh, a lot of reasons we have low self worth is because of experiences, because of other people talking about us, because what we deem as not successful in our life. You may feel like you may be a little heavier than everybody else so now you feel like that your your self-worth is not as precious as somebody else who's smaller you may not be as light-skinned as somebody else so now you feel like that there is some issues with you and you have a self-worth you may not be the you may be the darkest person in your family and because you're the darkest person in your family they laughed at you they talked about you they did all these other things and it tore up your self-worth and gave you a poor self-perception about you but how many people understand that if i keep that mindset then i'm going it's going to hinder my progress in life i remember on uh, uh, this might date me a little bit but people if they don't if they remember this uh, talk show called jenny jones And on Jenny Jones, she always had somebody who was talked about, talked down on, or whatever, and it always became a look at me now. It always became you talked about me. And they generally would bring people out that talked about them when they were in high school, that had this perception that they were the ugly duckling, that they would never amount to be anything. They talked about their teeth. They talked about their weight. They talked about their skin complexion. But there was a coming out party because that person uh, may have felt like they had low self-worth at one point in time. But because they can't, they got over and overcame that, they wanted to show, look at me now. But a lot of us stay in that same mindset of the low self-worth instead of coming having a coming out party saying, look at me now. Somebody say, I'm. he got to get to some scripture. I'm going to get to some scripture tonight, but I just want to set the precedence for what we're talking about. Next thing, low self-worth and poor self-perception often repels blessers, blessings, and your resources. Having a low self-worth and poor perception will often turn people away that want to bless you because that, once again, that same mentality of woe is me somebody wants to sew into this business proposal that they've seen you write up, this plan of action that you had, but they wanted to sit down and hear from you just how it would function, just how it would be and a lot of times we defeat ourselves before we even get to the place of talking about something simply because of how we feel about ourselves. I've tried a million times already and everybody has turned me down, so why am I going in here with this person? I'm going to just going here and I'm going to do this and then I'm going to walk out of here because I'm expecting a no. But how many people know that I expect a yes, that you have to change your mindset and start expecting yeses every time you walk through a door. Why? Because God's answers are yay and amen. And if God said he's going to bless you, I don't care how many no's I hear from the world, I'm just waiting to hear that yes from God. I'm just waiting to hear that God says that you're self-worth because I see who you are on the inside. Out of you, I see who I created you to be, and I'm getting ahead of myself. And I see what the the likeness that you're in that I'm trying to change you from the poor perception and the low self worth. Because I have people lined up that I'm calling into your life that's going to bless you, that's going to be blessings to you, that are going to provide the resources that you need to start those businesses, those resources that you need to move forward with your kingdom assignment resources that you need to see what I'm calling you into somebody say God is blessing me God is blessing me and number number uh, four number five actually number four is this low self-worth and poor perception aborts your purpose low self-worth and poor perception aborts your purpose It aborts your purpose. How does it abort your purpose? Because now you take the mindset of, I can't do what God called me to do. Um, They talked about me all my life. They said I wasn't going to make it. They said I would be good for nothing. They said that I'd be just like my mother. I began to look a certain way. I fell fell on my face a couple of times. And because of that perception that people have of me uh, and because I keep accepting what the enemy throws at me, now I feel like I'm I'm not going to be able to fulfill the purpose that God has in me. That God has called me to. But now we got to get to a place once again of dealing with why are we this way? There's one more that I have for you. And the last one says low self worth and poor perception causes breaches in otherwise productive relationships. Low self worth and poor perception causes breaches in otherwise productive relationships relationships. You could could have the best relationship with somebody, and because they see that you don't value yourself, they'll walk away. They've been trying to tell you for 10, 20, 30 years that you're better than what you keep portraying in your life, but yet and still, you keep on diminishing that you keep on coming back at them when they're trying to speak life into you, you keep coming back, well, this is what happened to me. Well, you overcame what happened to you and how do we have proof of that? Because you're standing where you are right now. Everything that's happened in your life, yes, it may have been bad, yes, it may have knocked you down, yes, it may have caused you a lot to lose in your life, yes, it may have done a lot of things in your life, but right now, I need you to look where you're standing. Yes, you lost the house. Yes, you lost the car. Yes, you lost the job. Yes, you lost uh, the relationship. Yes, you lost the marriage. Yes, you lost the people that you thought was never going to leave. But if you look right now, I need you to do a selfie exam. Are you still standing? Are you still breathing? Are you still able to get up? Are you still moving forward? Are you still walking? Are you still uh, uh, are you still getting up every day with an assignment on your life? Do you still get up and go to work when you lost the job? Did you just lay there and wallow in your mess or did you get up and get out and find you something else? There, there's too many times where we spend this woe is me mentality, this low self worth and poor perception about ourselves. We spend so much time sitting there wallowing in our mess, and now it's time to come out of that and deal with who we truly are. Somebody say, I got to become who I truly am. Now, if we look at this scripture again, I need you to hear because I need you to understand um, some things, And, and the fourth verse says this. Now, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, alas, Lord God. He didn't. Just, Jeremiah didn't say it uh, uh, in a small way. He said, then I said, alas, Lord God. Behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. Because I am a youth, I don't know how to speak, why, why are you sending me here, God? Why, why are you putting me in this place? How many times do we simply say that? How did Jeremiah respond to God in this text, and why? Why did Jeremiah seem to make try to make God see that, that I'm young? I'm, how are you going to tell me this, God? I'm young. I'm, I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to, to deal with people like this. I don't know why you would even send me to this place, God. Why would, you, why would you put me in this predicament? I'm not trained. I'm not qualified. See, constantly in the church we make this statement that God does not, that, uh, that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God does not you don't have to have to already have the doctorate in ministry for God to use you. You don't have to know the Bible forward and back for God to say I have a plan for you. You don't have to know everything there is from Genesis to Revelations for God to say I'm sending you over here to speak life to this person. You don't have to know that. But God said, "Are you willing to listen to me?" But when we see Jeremiah, Jeremiah's uh Jeremiah's response was that of low self-esteem. God, I'm I'm a youth. I'm 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 supposed to be out here playing basketball. I'm supposed to be out here playing football. I'm supposed to be out here doing this. God, why are you calling me to this thing? Why, why, why would you even come to me, God? Do you know that they're going to look at me like I'm crazy? Why, God? How and why did Jeremiah respond to that? I need you to think about that for yourself. How and why did Jeremiah respond to that? And then I need you to ask yourself this simple question. How do we respond when God speaks to us? How do we respond when God speaks to us? God, those people not gonna like me. God, why, why are you calling me? I'm 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 a sinner, God. God, I ain't worthy to do that. God, ain't nobody in my family ever preached. God, ain't nobody in my family ever started this business because I'm not just gonna keep this as simple as just stuff in church. God, ain't nobody in my family started no business. Ain't nobody in my family went to college, God, and you telling me that I'm going to college? How do we respond to God? We respond to God with that same low self-esteem a lot of times or or low uh, uh, self-understanding about ourselves. We respond to God in the same way. When God is simply saying, when are you going to rely on me? When are you going to listen to me? When are you going to hear me? When are you going to respond to what I said the proper way? When are you going to take hold of my word? And, and, because my word will not return void. It shall accomplish that thing which it is called what it is called to. It will accomplish that thing. It didn't say that that it had to be easy to accomplish it, but it said it's going to accomplish it. And if God said it, He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He said it, and if he said it to you, we got to grab hold of it. We got to get out of the woe is me mentality and accept what God said. How do we respond to God about what he he speaks to us? Well, I can tell you from personal experience, a lot of times when when I was younger, I knew that God had had an assignment for me, but I felt like I wasn't qualified for it. Uh, a lot of times when I give my testimony, I'll say I was the black sheep in the church. I wasn't that one that was qualified, that was supposed to be called to preach. I wasn't, you talk to a lot of people, a lot of people tell you that they never expected me to be in this place where I'm at right now. A lot of people, because of what, what transpired in my life, what transpired when I was a young adult, they expected me to be locked up, crazy, all types of things, because of the lifestyle that I either grew up in or the life. Style that I was exposed to or what I did to myself in my early adulthood. So they they saw the per- perception of what they saw about me was not that God was calling me and, and God was positioning me. Even myself, I couldn't think that God had an assignment for me even though I knew he was calling me into something. But my poor perception of myself caused me to separate from the plan of God when he called me Initially, when he told me as a child, I have an assignment for you, when I knew there was something on my life, he he called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. He allowed me to go through the experiences I could go through, I went through in order to understand where the assignment was he was sending me, but I took it as the experiences disqualified me from his grace disqualified me from his assignment disqualified me from being who he called me to be but it, but the word of god said i knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb and if we understand that and we begin to walk and live by that that god knew us before we made our mistakes That God knew us when he was putting our DNA together, when he was allowing our mothers and our fathers to come together to form us. He said, I knew you. I was in the midst of all of that while it was transpiring. And so now we have to get to an understanding of changing our language when God speaks to us. How do we respond when God speaks to you? What do you say? I want you to write that down. Put that in your notes. What do you say? And I need you to think about that. I told you you got some homework this week, and we're going to really get into this because I want to deal with this even more next week. So how do we respond when God speaks to us? Uh, When when God gives you a prophetic word, are you sitting there looking at God? I can't say that. People are going to look at me like I'm crazy. People not going to hear that because it's not the same thing that you're hearing from everybody else. God is, go- is adverse to, 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 to all the, the people just saying that it's a bunch of prosperity. When God speaks to you, because one thing about Jeremiah, and I've been in the book of Jeremiah all week this week. One thing about Jeremiah, Jeremiah talked about a lot of the judgment of God coming down on the house of Israel. The house uh, uh, that and and we're going to get into that later on. But if you get a chance, read the 26th chapter, the 27th chapter, the 28th chapter, all the way through the end and see what God was speaking to Jeremiah. Could you imagine being in this place where God is simply telling you to tell the people that the that the prophets are not Uh, relaying the word from God, that the godly prophets are not relaying the word of God, that they have fallen victim of their own vision. And I'm getting way ahead of myself with this, but, but can you imagine if God is giving you that word? There are prophets, there are teachers, there are evangelists, there's apostles, there are pastors that God is speaking a word that is different than what is being heard. And I'm not even going to say by title. There are people who have anointings on their life that won't speak up right now about current situations and things that God is showing them in the spiritual because it does not align with what everybody else is saying. My God, it does not align with everything is going to be all right. It does not align with turn around seven times and God is going to bless you with a Mercedes Benz. It does not align with that if you go outside and plant 12 seeds outside and walk around the building 20 times that God is going to give you a brand new mansion. It does not align with that. There are some things that God is speaking that is that is getting ready to take place in the land that people are afraid to speak because it's adverse to what everybody else is saying. Somebody declare, I got to speak what God says. I got to speak what God says about me. So now, understand this. What one speaks from their mouth is an accurate indicator of what is in one's heart. So we must see ourselves better and properly. I'm going to repeat that. What one speaks from their mouth is an accurate indicator of what's in one's heart. So we must see ourselves better or properly. We must see ourselves better than what the world has told us. I I constantly tell you this scripture that you are fearfully and wonderfully made that you are the head and not the tail. Why do I constantly say that Sunday after Sunday? Because I need to speak something into the atmosphere for anybody that's listening that's contrary to what the world is telling you. It has to be a, a daily dosage of the word of God that's building you up and building your faith to believe that you can do the impossible. If by faith I can move mountains, I need to constantly hear I can move mountains by faith. If the Bible says if I have the faith of a mustard seed, and see, a lot of people get stuck on just simply saying a mustard seed. No, a mustard seed is the minimum amount of faith that I can have to move mountains in my life. That's not where I want to stay at because I don't just want to see mountains moved out of my life. I want to see mountains moved out of my life. I want to see those mountains be used as material for my advancement because my faith says if the mountain does not move, that God gives me the strength to climb over the mountain. And if I'm climbing over the mountain, I'm looking to the hills which cometh my help because my help cometh from thee, O Lord. See how my faith matures. My faith says that even if God leaves this situation in my life, I'm going to do what I need to do to get what God has for me out of this situation. I'm going to rely on the word of God that's brought me through danger seen and unseen. I'm going to rely on the word of God that he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to rely on the word of God that said uh, 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 that he he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think according to the power that works in me. That means I have power. And if I have power, I got to let go of the low self-esteem. If I have power, I have to let go of the poor perception of myself. Because that poor perception does not match the power that I have. That poor perception does not match match the relationship that I have with God the Father. That poor poor perception does not match the relationship that I have with Jesus because he died on Calvary's cross. Because if Jesus thought that I was not worth it, he would not have died for me. So if I think I'm not worth it, it's not lining up with what God says I'm worth. (sighs) Jesus. So now I gotta begin to speak out of my mouth And I got to speak out of my mouth what is truly in my heart. And if I need to begin to change what's in my heart, I got to begin to think better about myself. If I need to change what's in my heart, first I got to release the low self-esteem, the poor perception. I got to begin to operate in excellency in all that I do. I got to begin to move. I got to begin to take authority of my life. I got to stop saying I'm waiting for somebody to come pick me up and I got to get up myself. I got to I got to believe scripture when it says that a just man falls seven times, but he still stands, but he gets up. I got to believe what the word of the Lord says when he says, write the vision and make it plain, though the vision may tarry, it shall not lie. It shall perform what it was called to do. This this is where I got to begin to stand at in the word of God. I got to believe the word of God about me. Sometimes you got to get selfish. Stop always, and I know I'm famous for telling you, look at your neighbor. But sometimes you got to look at yourself. Pull out your cell phone, open up that camera, and look at yourself and say, God, you called me the head and not the tail. Why? Because now I got to rebuild what the world has torn down. What has the world torn down about you that changed how you saw yourself? So how is this accomplished for us to see better about ourselves? First thing, and I know it's a lot, so I want you all to write this down. I know this a lot. God gave us all an imagination. What and who do you want to be like? Where would you like to live? What would you like to drive? Get an image of it before you. Then you got to do this. I'm giving you practical word right now. Look for mentors and drive through places that you see yourself living. Go, yeah. I, I, and and a lot of you said, "Well, I can't do this. No, I can't do this." Go sit in a car on the showroom floor. Begin to strike the fires of your imagination. Begin to dream bigger than where you're at right now in life. Begin to dream bigger than what, you, what, what you've been in your life. Begin to dream outside that box that the enemy has tried to keep you in. Begin to dream more than you've ever dreamed before. You got to do this because the enemy has kept your dreams at a mundane place, at at a low place in your life. Begin to dream beyond the place that you are right now. Yes, you may not have all the things that you want in the world, but you have the ability to dream. That's the one thing that you got to stop allowing the enemy to take from you, your ability to dream, your ability to write visions. The Bible says write the vision and make it plain. But the vision cannot be based upon your current situation. The vision needs to be based upon who God has called you to be, where you see your life at, and what you see your life doing. Now, I'm going to get to scripture in just a second. Next. Saturate your mind with the word of God concerning what God says about you and speak it to yourself regularly. Saturate your mind with the word of God and concerning what God says about you and speak it to yourself regularly. Ask God to reveal to you people that you can trust that will speak the truth to you about ways to improve your life and your environment. That means you got to get some of those negative people out of your life. You got to get some of those people that tell you that your dreams are not worth trying. You got to get some of those people out of your life that's always talking about the negative things that's happened to you. No, the negative things happen, and I'm letting that go. I'm no longer looking in my rearview mirror, and I'm looking ahead to what God has for me. And I now I need to surround myself, my circle. I do not need to be the smartest person in my circle. I do not need to be the one with all the answers all the time in my circle. Because then I'm not growing. I need my circle to be filled with. And and, and I'm not just I'm just not talking about finances. But when I'm dealing with money, I need to deal with people. I need to know people who have grown money. If I'm dealing with ministry, I need to put people around me that have excelled in the area of area of ministry that I'm looking to go in. If I'm a musician, I'm not going to look at somebody who does not play as well as me. So why in life do I go to people that aren't we all in the same boat? That don't make sense let me gain some wisdom and some knowledge and then i can come back to the circle that 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 my friends are in those that i love those that i find close that i'm close to and then i can share the knowledge that i get but i got to get myself out of this poor mentality this poor mindset this mindset that i'm not capable of excelling so ask god to reveal to you the people that can that you can trust, that will speak the truth to you about ways to improve your life and environment. You should not keep having yes people in your life. Yeah, I just heard somebody's feelings with that one. Listen to this. Purposely make positive changes to your appearance and your environment. You look good, you feel good, you act good. I can't keep operating in the same way expecting change. That's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over the same way looking for different results. You're insane doing that. So now you got to begin to make positive change, not negative change. Positive changes to your appearance. Yeah, I know that that we young black men, we young black women and there's this stereotype about us and everything, but you know what? I got to get up. I, I've been loving the doctors and the, 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 the professionals that have gotten up and they're doing the little YouTube. I mean, the little Facebook things where they're in their work clothes, they show something and then they change and they dressed all up. How about you doing that? You need to feel good about yourself. I'm, I'm declaring that God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So let's dress like it. We've been talking about on Sunday, your appearance. We just talked about this this past Sunday, changing your clothes because you're not that old person you used to be. So now you have to put on the image and the way that God has called you into. You gotta change your appearance and change your environment. There are some people that you gotta leave alone. But I've been with them, they've been my ride or die. Well if they're understanding that you need to, there has to be an understanding that if we're still in the same place and you my ride or die, something has to change. I'm, cutting, I'm trying to cut hard today. Everybody can't go where God is taking you, where God is calling to you. And you know that. A lot of times we know those that are holding us back. We're just too nice. We have too much of a relationship to say, you know what? I love you, but I got to go. Jesus told his disciples what? You can't go where I'm going. You, 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 I love you. you my friend. There's an assignment for you, but you can't go where I'm going. Next thing. Develop reasonable benchmarks of success. Monthly, quarterly, yearly benchmarks for success. If you don't have but $100 in your savings account right now, your monthly goal for next month is to have $101 in your savings account. Reasonable benchmarks. You know what? That $1 is one more dollar you had in savings than what you had the month before. It may not seem, it, it may not seem like it's major, but it's a start. Your relationship with God. God, I ain't prayed in who knows when. You know what, God? My goal for this month is to spend five minutes in prayer once a week. That's my tangible goal. Because if I can do that for a month, then I can move it up to ten months for I mean ten minutes for the next month. But I gotta start changing my behavior i got to start reaching for reasonable benchmarks. That's the problem with a lot of us. We set benchmarks here and get defeated when we only get here. And then we just give up. Well, I ain't never going to make it. I'm never going to get to it. See, I I, I told you I I wanted to get you all to Scripture. So now let's get to Scripture. If we want people to take us seriously and operating in a mindset in spirit of excellence, we must practice. We must practice it and respect it. Until we view ourselves properly, we do not respect excellence. Now, when we go back to scripture and we look at scripture, uh, our scripture for this morning, I need you to see this. We were created in His image and in His likeness. Let's go back to scripture real quick. I'm gonna bring it up on the screen and we're gonna go back to scripture. Um. Okay, so when we see in this scripture, the very first part of this, we see that it was, that it was said this. Uh, in the very first part of it, we saw that God said to Jeremiah in the first verse, in the fourth verse, amen? This is what God said to Jeremiah. Now, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in your womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And, and, and I appointed you to a prophet to the nations. So before God had even said anything to Jeremiah, I mean, before Jeremiah was even allowed to respond, God told Jeremiah what he was already created to be. Jeremiah then came back and said, uh, Allah's go behold, I do not know how to speak because I'm a youth. But God had already called him and told him that I had already ordained you. He said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. God already knew the plan that he had for you before he created you. He already knew what he was gonna assign you to and now you have to accept that assignment in your life if you're a child of God. If you call yourself an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus, there is an assignment that God has for you that is not predicated upon the life that you've already been through, what you think you're not capable of, how you think you're not able to, ex- to uh, succeed. He said, I already called, he said, before I, I already knew you and before you were born, before you came out the womb into the world, I consecrated you. He said, I've already covered you with my anointing. On the inside of you, I already mandated what you were going to be. Now, I need you to match that identity that I placed on the inside of you or with the things that you see about you on the outside. I created you that way. I created you that size. I created you with that goals. I created you with those passions. I created you with those designs and those desires because I consecrated you for a season, for a reason and an appointed time in my life. He said, I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. I've called you to talk to tell what I said. What did God say about you? See, pro- people always just think that prophets are just the ones that go and tell the foretelling of God's word or tell the 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 the, the premonition of what's coming up uh, what's going to happen but what did God say to you that's prophetic if God said that you were going to be the next uh, that you were going to be the next doctor in your life you just spoke a prophetic word i dare you begin to speak prophetic word about yourself right now who did God call you what did God say to you how did God call you out of the place that you are the place out of darkness into his marvelous light What did he call about? you? He said, you're a generational changer. I dare somebody tell their child, you're a generational changer because God has created you for this generation, for this time, for this season, and for this purpose. Now you have to stand up. And because God said, and before before you were born, I consecrated you. No, it's not just that your mother and father came together. It's that God brought your mother and father together so that they could birth you so that you could be called according to my purpose. Because i consecrated that birth yes you may not have come into the best situation you may have not come out of the best circumstances but who i called you is because i consecrated you and when you step back and gave your life to me i've called you and separated you and called you a prophet to to the nations why because there is something distinct about you that does not match that person that's next to you there's something distinctive about you when it comes to my word when it comes to my plan when it comes comes to my anointing, when it comes to my authority, there's something distinctive about you. Yes, you've been through hell and high water, but if you listen to what I've called you into, you'll understand why hell and high water did not kill you. You'll understand like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego how they walked into a fire and came out unburned. You'll understand that even in their midst of their situation, because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was called out of one country, was captured and taken to another. Country where they still ended up prospering. How many people need to know that God's still prospering you, even in the midst of your calamity, in the midst of your situation, in the midst of your despair, in the midst of COVID 19? Your house is still not lacked. In the midst of COVID 19, your house is still not gone without. In the midst of COVID 19, yes, you've seen the dangers. Yes, you've seen a thousand fall at that right hand, and ten thousand, a thousand fall at their left side, and ten thousand at their right hand. But nigh shall come not not thee. Only with your eyes shall you be seen and behold the reward of the wicked. Because God has called you. Because he has sanctioned you. Because he has consecrated you for this season. Yes, people have fallen that were children of God. And, I'm, and, and, and it is a hurtful place. But where are you at right now? What are you doing now? How do you see yourself right now? What do you see yourself? Because he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were before you were born, I consecrated you and I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then after that, the Lord said to this, because we already know what Jeremiah said. But then God said to me, do not say I am a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go. Do you know that the place if you're in if you're a child of God? Every place the soles of your feet tread upon, that land shall be given unto you. God has already ordained your steps. We say it all the time. God has already ordained your steps. So even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. When I go through the valley of dry bones, God, you are with me. When I'm dealing with pestilence, when I'm dealing with the enemy, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard. See, I'm talking to somebody right now that we feel like the flood is coming in, but the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard. He said the 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 name of the Lord is right. I mean, is a strong tower, and the righteous shall run into it and be saved. So now I have to match who God has called me. Has God called me righteous? Has God called me holy? Has God called me a peculiar people, a royal priesthood? And if I am all that that God said that I am and I begin to accept all that he's called me to be, now I become this generational changer that begins to speak life over death, that begins to speak blessings over cursings, that begins to change how I see myself. Because who I used to see uh, myself as has died off with that old man and who was born again is that I'm fearfully wonderfully made. I'm in his image. I'm an heir and a joint heir. I'm adopted by the beloved. I'm, I'm sitting at the feet of my God. I'm standing there waiting for him, and I'm going to continue to stand because the Bible says, and I said it Sunday, after all I've done, all I've done, I simply stand. How do I see myself? At 20 years old, I saw myself as something different. At 43, my life experiences, they didn't harden my heart. I've been through hell, high water. I've gained, I've lost. But you know one thing that I did not lose? My love for God. My love for what he called me to be. My love for people. My love for pouring into people. Do I think I look the part of a pastor? No, I don't. Do I think I fit in with all the pastor circles? No, I don't. But I was created in his image and in his likeness. And I know without a, nobody has to confirm who God called me to be. That's where my faith relies. I don't have to be liked in every circle. I don't have to be invited in every circle, but because I see myself the way God said I should be seen, I'm fine with standing there by myself. In, in Jeremiah later on, and we'll talk about it next week, there's a part where, Jer- where God told Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their stone faces. Go to them and tell them what I said. How do you see yourself? Are you ready to go and be in that place where they're not going to like you? They're not going to know why they don't like you. They're not going to want to hear you. They're not going to want to, they don't want to hear anything that you got to say. But God said, go. God said, the word that I put in your mouth, take it to the nations. The, 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 the businesses that I have for you, that, that's coming out of you, the seed that I planted, you may get a million no's, but you're simply waiting for God's one yes. Don't stop. Who am I talking to? You've been so down on yourself because people just keep telling you no. But I'm telling you, God said don't stop. That dream, that business That ministry, yes, it's cutting edge. Nobody has ever seen it before. Don't stop. But they keep laughing at me. They laughed at Jesus on his way to the cross. They spit on him. They said, if you the son of God, come off the cross. Save yourself. Jesus still said, look down and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We got about five minutes. And I need to ask you this. If we were created in his image and in his likeness, and we must get rid of our poor perception, why? Because it's the devil's device to abort God's purpose in our life. If I keep telling you that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, But God said, but I came, but Jesus said, but I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus didn't say I wanted you to think lowly of yourself. He said, be humble. You don't have to have a poor perception of who you are. Yes, you came from uh, a drug addict family, but God called you out of that so that you can have, so that you can show compassion to other people that are in drug addict families. You came from a single parent. Yeah, so now that you know how to raise children, and you can minister to those who who are going through the same thing, how can I raise a child and I'm so young? How can I raise a child? I, I know I made a mistake, but now how can I raise a child so young? Well, my mom did it. It, it was tough. It was hard, but she did it. My dad did it. It was tough and it was hard, but he did it. I did it. It was tough and it was hard, but I pushed through. Who did God call you to see yourself as? What did God say about you? What ways can you develop a proper self-perception of yourself? That's your homework assignment for tonight, for this week. What ways can you develop a proper self-perception of you? What do you have to do? Speaking to those women who feel like they're just a sex symbol. God called you fearfully and wonderfully made. He called you his treasure. Talking to that guy that feel like he gotta be in a trap house all day long, God didn't call you to be that. He said, "I called you to be a king. I called you to be a leader. I called you out of darkness into God's marvelous light." That person who's who's constantly uh, uh, lose, uh, using all their money to and living from paycheck to paycheck, trying to to keep an image. God said, "I created you in my image." Not the image that the world wants you to be. But this is what I called you into. If that's you, I want to pray with you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for this opportunity for your word, God. Your word said that you knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. You said that you consecrated us before we were born. You called us a prophet to the nations. God, now raise up your prophets, raise up your prophetesses, raise up your your apostles, your teachers, your pastors, your business owners, your doctors, your lawyers. God, those that are that have a banner to sustain for you, oh, God. God, anybody under the sound of my voice that has dealt with low self-esteem or poor perception of themselves, God, show them how you see them right now in the name of Jesus. Show them the image that you created. Show them on the potter's wheel being remolded, not broken anymore, but they're restored. Not hurt, but they're healed. Not lost, but they're found. Not a failure, but a success. Ah, Jesus. Not abandoned, but felt like an adopted in the beloved, not struggling, but coming out, that person that's broken right now in the name of Jesus, that keeps dealing with the same situation over and over, the same people that have continuously tore you down, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That person that's been torn down in the relationship that you're in. They keep tearing you down. They keep telling you that you can't make it without them. That you'll be nothing without them. They're daring you to leave them. God, right now, give them the strength to collect themselves, to collect their stuff, and walk away. Because you have greater for them. That person that's suffering from abandonment issues, God, let them know that they're loved and the abandonment is not because that they didn't have purpose. The abandonment is not their fault, but the abandonment happened. And God, you are a healer. You're a deliverer. You said you would be a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless. So God remove the spirit of abandonment right now in the name of Jesus. The offense of abuse, the hurt of abuse, oh God. Child abuse, sexual abuse, spousal abuse, the hurt and the affliction of abuse, oh God. Break the stigmatism that's held over that person right now in the name of Jesus. The feeling that love comes through the abuse. We break and bind that spirit and loose that spirit back to the pits of hell to where it belongs right now in the name of Jesus. The feeling that I'm, I'm too big, I'm too small, I'm not enough, I'm not just right. God right now present them as a, with a spirit of, elect, of, of, of excellence to begin to heal the process, oh God. Those that are internally crying and those that are internally broken. God, show them how you see them so that they can match how you see them with their hearts to desire to see how they see themselves. Show them the reflection of who you called them to be, who you created them to be, the likeness and the image of who they're supposed to be. Break down the stronghold, the spirit of the strong man that told them that they have to be something other than what you said they would be, oh God. Touch them in a mighty way, oh God. Give them peace beyond measure, oh God. Bring into them, into the circle, into their atmosphere, and into their environment a newness, a fresh wind, a fresh understanding of what just what you said about them. And release them to go where you said that they would go. To speak what you said they would speak. They don't need to drink anymore. They don't need to smoke anymore. They don't need to... Of fornicate anymore. They don't need to come into that environment, into that atmosphere to feel self-worth anymore. I break the, I, I speak to the hand that has been holding them and conforming them to the image of the world instead of the image of God. Break it right now in the name of Jesus. Break the spiritual shackles off of them right now in the name of Jesus. Break the spiritual mindset off of their heads right now in the name of Jesus. Break the uh, spiritual yoke that has connected them with the world and with the demons and with this enemy of this world. Break the spiritual yoke right now in the name of Jesus and yoke them to the blood, to the life, and to the body of Jesus Christ so that they can see who they are. I speak life over the children that have witnessed These things and the spirit is trying to birth in them. Break it right now in the name of Jesus. Your word says, suffer the little children not to come unto me for such is the kingdom of God. So God, bring them unto you, O God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, release angels to minister to them. Right now, to take away hardened hearts, to hardened mindsets. For out of the heart, for out of the mouth flows the issues of the heart. So God restore the heart right now in the name of Jesus to your people. God bring forth change right now in the name of Jesus. We are not dead, but we are alive. We are not lost, but we are found. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Now, Father, let this word be followed by signs, miracles, and wonders in the lives of your people, the lives of the listeners, the lives even in my life, oh God. We thank you for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you have any Questions for me or any comments for me? Feel free to email me at Pastor Thomas at LCCIonline.org. Uh, Once again, that's Pastor Thomas at LCCIonline.org. If you're on Facebook, you can send me something through Messenger. Um, but reach out and let me know. Um, if this word has touched you or blessed you, please share it with somebody. I look forward to being with you all next week as we continue in this book of Jeremiah. Um, if you want to go ahead and get some reading ahead, we're going to look at the 11th through the 19th verse on next week, Jeremiah, the first chapter, looking at the 11th through the 19th verse, um, and then we're going to we we're going to really dive into this thing. We're going to really grow here. Um, we're building kingdom disciples here at Liberty. Um, people with purpose, people with power, people with anointing, people that God are sending out on assignment. We're not just called inside the four walls of the church, but God is calling us out of the church to be on assignment, to do kingdom work, to be kingdom builders. Um, I believe you with this as always, live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Be blessed and have a wonderful evening.